Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Mainstream Boy, the show where we watch new release movies of the week and then talk about them. I'm your host Jonathan and this week I'm joined once again by none other than our pal Spencer. Join us as we visit a classic storybook and get trapped among a coven of witches bent on ridding the earth of children and transforming them into mice. Then open up a not-so-trial-friendly storybook as Larry does everything in his power to cross through the interdimensional barrier in order to be our friend. If any of those tickle your fancy, stick around. Have you been watching The Mandalorian? I have. I have, Spencer. How are you? So you watched the newest? Oh yeah, you. That's right. Your dad waited like three hours for you that night to watch the. Most yeah, because what episode. were I was. We were playing Rocket League. We were definitely okay, yeah. playing. It, it was something that was uh, like irrelevant that was keeping me from from watching just a thirty minute television show with him. So yeah, it's a fun show. I have one just massive gripe with the entire show, but I think we'll we'll do the whole like an, its own episode or when it comes out. Oh yeah, like, no. Like once a, the I think it's like an eight, two review or something. eight episodes, as far as I know, and then we can uh, gladly do a series review on on the whole thing. Yeah, but it's it's fun. It's fun. For me, it's like I, we we are so deprived of shows like this and content like this lately that whenever something yeah. like this comes out, it's just you you get sucked into that world again. I'm like, oh my god, I miss this. So I don't mind it. But, but how come the pilot was an hour and then the second episode was? 30 I don't think minutes? it was. A, was it actually thirty minutes? Because that was an exaggeration. I think I think it was maybe like thirty five or so. But it's it was yeah it was in the thirties. It's a really short yeah, episode. I, I think it's a show that they can just keep going for season after season because like this episode revolved around a frog lady like i was like what like (laughs) this seems like it's gonna be dragged out so much the fact that we're we're watching this right now (laughs) it's i'm it's entertaining anyways enough about tv spencer we're here to talk about mainstream boy isn't that right no this should just become the tv podcast well we will talk about tv some more you just got to actually watch television Every now and then. There's better shows coming out than movies, that's for sure. But That is accurate. That is accurate. What about Star Trek? Because you could watch that. My dad... That's, I've never, that's I've never been into Star Trek. Like, if I, have, if, I have, if I have to watch Star Trek, like, I have to start at the beginning, and that's just too much to do. It's a really fun show. It's kind of like uh, Mandalorian, where they, they have episodes that kind of go off in these tangents, and it's just yeah, really exciting and stuff, and... You'd like it. If you're into space, which is like the only genre that my dad will watch other than like This Is Us then and Young Sheldon, then I think you'd be into it. <laughs> Does so. he watch that Seth MacFarlane one? Uh, he did watch The Orville a little bit. The Orville yeah, or something? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure he okay. did. So I don't know if he liked it, but he 100% watched it, yes. <sighs> Anyways, I think we have uh, some films to talk about, Spencer, don't you think? Films? Plural? I just watched one. Oh well, I have quite the quite the treat for you then, oh, with uh, one of the films I watched this week. But anyways, welcome back to Mainstream Boy. I'm Mainstream Boy. Every single week, Spencer and I watch the new release movies of that week, most of which come out on VOD and or streaming sites like uh, Quibi, Netflix, you... which is dead. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to mention shut that. down Quibi. I've not watched a single show that's even been on Quibi. <laughs> it's a shame. I, I you know I think they had the Mindy Project. Like that well, thing some, just keeps getting the, picked uh, up. Some of the projects looked kind of fun. Like there was one with uh, Ty Sheridan who gets lost or stranded like in the middle of uh, I don't know Colorado or Utah or something. Mm-hmm, and like yeah. you can watch it from like either from his perspective or from like his phone's perspective. 
Like it's like yeah, like if you like change, like basically, like if you like watch it horizontally, like it changes it, or if you and then you change it to vert- vertical, it's like the phone's perspective for like what's going on because he's like constantly trying to like find help. I guess that's <sighs> what I've heard. But Quibi's, like, Quibi's trying cool, to be in like but... 2030 when we're still stuck in 2020, and I no, I think that's, that's the thing. problem. They know? wanted to make 10 minute like uh, videos. Uh, because that's all people have attention for. Like, if you're like in line at like the DMV, that's what their motto was. It's just like, what? We're gonna make like ten minute videos just to like, if you're waiting in line for like your coffee or, or whatever. I'm just like, what's wh- why? <laughs> like, that makes no sense. So like, all uh. of their shows, like they have like a full narrative. Like they had that like, uh, what's that? Liam Hemsworth, Christoph Waltz, like they hunted each other like through the night or something. Did they blackmail I mean, these people to be on Quibi or something? They just paid them they a got bunch Christoph of money. Waltz. No, it was no some, like, billionaire that bought the, like, they tried to, like, fund it and stuff. Like, they had a whole Anna Kendrick show where she's like, oh, <gasps> huh? you didn't know about this, dude? No, I don't have Quibi. No, but there's so much marketing towards uh I haven't seen anything. From Quibi. Dude, holy shit. Yeah, there's an Anna Kendrick show where she's, like, best friends with a sex doll. And, like, they go oh, on, like, road trips together. Oh, you know what? I have heard of that. I have heard okay. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah of course I have. There's so many other ones that, like, and there's a whole Kevin Hart one. Uh, Ke- yeah, there's Kevin Hart, John Travolta. Like training to be like an action star show. Damn, and all these things are now that was all shot dead. in Atlanta. You can't watch them anymore. Are they? Well, I mean, can... I guess you. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like because they were released in ten minute increments. So it's just like it could That's someone so like weird. edit together so it's like maybe like a seventy five minute feature. Like I, I don't. I don't get it. But like that's how I would want to see it. So it seems like this type of thing knows? should just be on like YouTube Red, not Quibi. I guess I, mean? I don't. But it was a failed experiment because yeah, they shut down. Well, nice try. So you Quibi. keep on saying Quibi, like like every Quibi, episode Quibi, of main, Quibi, mainstream Quibi. boys. So I think that's maybe <laughs> out the door. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> think of some other streaming platforms like Crackle. Remember Crackle? Uh, yeah, they tried. They, they tried, tried to do original. I content. remember that's the first time I watched the Da Vinci Code was on Crackle. Yeah, I watched yeah. some movies for the first time on Crackle because it was free. Yeah. It was like okay. It, I believe it still is. They probably have some sort of subscription based thing where you do pay money. But back to mainstream boy, where every single week we watch some movies, we grab a big bucket of popcorn. A big fucking pallet of maybe some milk duds. It gets stuck in your teeth. You throw them across the theater when no one else is there. Or if there is, take some Mountain Dew, splash that behind your shoulder, maybe stab the seat a couple times, and you just enjoy Mr. Peabody and Sherman. (laughs) (laughs) That never happened. I just thought of that on the spot. Anyways. Can you imagine though? Holy yeah, shit. can you imagine if somebody actually did that? It's fucking astonishing. Those people should be in prison. <sighs> this week we did watch two movies. At least I watched one of them. Number one being Raw Dolls: The Witches came out on HBO Max, uh, I believe a week or two ago. Uh, but that's number one. And we also checked out collectively Come Play with Jillian Jacobs, and that is on VOD. I think came out in theaters a while ago, but now it is up for grabs online. If you want to go ahead and check out that horror film. Uh, so yeah, Spencer, you uh, excited about any of these movies this week? Um, no. Great. Well, since, uh, since you didn't watch The Witches, I figured I could educate you on the film a little bit. The Witches, 2020 film with Anne Hathaway, does actually is based off of a book that came out in 1983. Did you ever read Raul Dahl's children's books back in the day? James and the Giant Peach. I think that's like the only one that I can remember. What about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Fantastic um, Mr. The Fox. The BFG. Okay. Matilda. Do you ever read Matilda? No. Really? Oh, SEO Trot. I don't think so. The Twits. 
Danny, the champion of the world. You didn't read any of those? No. Oh, I actually had a bunch of these books growing up. So uh, The Witches was more than just like, oh, my God, Anne Hathaway. I actually had a little bit of nostalgia for these films so or for the books themselves. And I do remember actually owning The Witches, although I didn't remember the plot. So this was rather new uh, going into the actual movie. Well, did you see the original film? I didn't. No, I didn't. Oh. But it is. It came out in 1990, which is the year Raldal died. Actually, the writer of these books. Um, but that's very well critically received as a 93 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so, I've heard it's great. I've never seen it, but I've heard it's really good. Also, James and the Giant Peach has a 91 certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Came out in 1996, and yep. looks like a claymation type style. So. Yeah, yeah I, I saw it a long time ago. I don't really remember, but... Okay. Yeah, yeah no, and th- those are really the ones that I remember as well. It's James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and, Ch- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and uh, I guess Fantastic Mr. Fox, although I haven't seen the uh, Wes Anderson movie. so. But he was also a co-writer, Raw Dahl himself, on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Did you ever see that movie? Negative. Because I remember seeing that as a kid as well. Um, I don't think I liked it, but I was like forced to watch it by like my grandmother or something. And he also co-wrote uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Anyway, Spencer, do you know anything of the plot of the witches? Anything at all? All, all I know is that Anne Hathaway is a witch. She turns people into like hamsters. And Octavia Spencer's there you, with a briefcase. I think you know it's not hamsters, but you're saying hamsters? No, I'm, I honestly... Have, you honestly don't know? Okay. Mice? Mice, correct. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so uh, here's the synopsis of the film. A young boy named Hero and his grandmother go on vacation only to discover their hotel is hosting an international witch convention where the Grand High Witch, Anne Hathaway, is unveiling her master plan to turn all children into mice. Yeah, so it has a 5.4 on IMDb, 50% critical rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience rating actually lower with a 37%. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's probably people that were fans of the original and then they see this <clears throat> they see this remake and they're like, "Oh god." Yikes. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh Robert Zemeckis directed this movie. Yeah. So, that's kind of nuts. <laughs> but like, us, he, yeah. I don't know, lately like his most recent films, Welcome you, to did, Marwin. Did you see that? I, did, I didn't I see it. Saw I saw just like clips of it, but that wasn't really well received. Um The Walk uh, was the another... walk was okay. Yeah, that one was like kind of visually just really cool. Don't think um, I saw it. I think he's run out of ideas. Well, I, obviously this isn't his his idea, but uh, you know he's done some insanely good projects that are like, he's just some of the best movies of all time. Sure. Well, because he's always been known to like do really cool things with visual effects. I mean, with Forrest Gump, like very minimal visual effects, like uh, especially with like um, yeah Forrest Gump and Flight. And, uh, remember Flight? Oh, yeah. Of course I remember Flight. Do you know the ending of Flight? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you I know it because of you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Spoiled the movie before I saw it. Don't let me forget it. But, yeah, he's he's obviously done some pretty iconic movies, most of uh, most of which, you know, Back to the Future, Castaway, Forrest Gump, Welcome to Marwin, and now Raw Dolls, The Witches with Anne Hathaway. But, anyways, yeah, this has Chris Rock in it, who plays kind of the uh, – he, basically a voiceover. He's not actually in the movie, but he does a voiceover for one of the mice – and uh, the he's plays the older version of like the young kid who's in this movie, played by Yazir Bruno. Never been in anything before. Not really worth mentioning. Uh, but we do have Octavia Spencer, Oscar winner, Anne Hathaway, Oscar winner, and Stanley Tucci, an Oscar nominated actor. So quite the all star cast, Spencer. If I don't say so myself. Yeah, 
Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Stanley Tucci. You got to love Stanley Tucci. The guy is so likable. I can't, you know, he's such a great guy and a little bald-headed gremlin. So here we go. It starts out, and it's 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 the little kid, and his parents get murdered. Um, and then he goes to live with his grandmother. She picks him up, and he starts to see witches. They start kind of screwing with their family. And then they leave to go to this hotel to get away from the witches. Come to find out the witch convention is actually at the hotel and all the witches are there. Anne Hathaway is coming up with this potion because she's a witch to turn all the children in the world into mice so she can rid the world of children. Because witches in this context or in the storybook hate children so much so they just want to kill all the children. Yikes. Kind of a dark... Uh, storyline that I'm sure would translate better in an actual storybook. I don't know how well it was done or how kind of lighthearted this was done in the original film, but in here the concepts are rather dark until the kids just turn into mice and it becomes very childish. Sure. To me, it just seemed like a 99-cent version of Ratatouille almost, where it goes from like... (laughs) Well, not... I mean, just in the, the fact that it's mice, but... uh. Do they, like, make food or something? Or, like, is there a they, scene with them, There like... is some scenes in the kitchen where they're, like, running around in the kitchen and they accidentally drop some potion in the food and then they turn all the witches into mice. Oh, that's cute. It was kind of, and it was kind of like a uh, a scene from uh, Kingsman when all of them just, like, blow out of their chairs and stuff and they could poof in the air and turn into mice. It was cute. I mean, I just think once it went from the scenes with actual people... And then all of a sudden, everybody was mice. And then it basically just turned into an animated mouse movie that seemed like Stuart Little. I kind of lost interest. <laughs> and Thank God I didn't see this. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy that I did not watch this It sounds a little ridiculous. Dude, it sounds terrible. Like, I, I can definitely see why it has, like, the 5.4, yeah. 37% audience rating. I mean, it's was just it in... worth it to you? No, I don't think it was really worth watching okay. it. I... Uh, I... I, I genuinely didn't remember the story, so I had no idea what I was getting into. And then the master plan for these witches is to turn children into mice. Like, that's fucking stupid. I'm sorry, but, like, it... I'd rather watch Hocus Pocus. I, I would love to watch Hocus Pocus. I've never seen it. But in the context of a children's book, sure, that's, like, cute. That's adorable. It was written in the 80s. Like, I get it. But here, it just doesn't translate. It just ends up being fucking childish as shit, and... Of course, one of the main kids is, like, this fat kid who gets lured by these witches by chocolate, and they transform him into a mouse, and he just, he can't help himself but getting into all these situations where there's food. It's just kind of silly and dumb. But I do have to say that Octavia Spencer gives this movie her fucking all, as always. You gotta, you gotta be happy about that. She's pretty great in the movie, overall. But yeah, you're happy you didn't see this? Very, yes. Yeah, I don't think I would recommend it. I, I think overall, you know, the first... 30 minutes or so were kind of fun but once it's kind of turned into a wild mouse hunt with with kind of poop jokes and stuff like that it just really wasn't for me and i think that's why a lot of the audience didn't appreciate it but you know robert zemeckis i think he missed on this one but hopefully down the road maybe check out his older work how about that i'm gonna give this a two out of five i think there's a little bit there a lot higher than i thought you were gonna go but okay no i think i think there's a little bit there it's it's just type of movie that you you know you're smiling you're not hating yourself for watching it but uh it overall the the plot is just extremely childish and not made for a 26 year old adult yeah but spencer so this week uh you watch one of the movies the second one being come play 
with Jillian oh, yeah. Jacobs. So second appearance on yeah. the mainstream boy. She's back. I really never thought she would make a single appearance, but here she is again, being her s- same old quirky self, but this time trying to take care of an autistic child. Anyways, Jillian Jacobs is in this kind of kind of horror esque movie. Uh, a lonely young boy feels different from everyone else. Desperate for a friend, he seeks solace and refuge and his ever-present cell phone and tablet when a mysterious creature, Larry, uses the boy's devices against him to break into our world, his parents must fight to save their son from the monster beyond the screen. Parent being Jillian Jacobs and John Gallagher Jr. from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Has a 52% of Rotten Tomatoes, 64 audience, 5.8 IMDb, directed by Jacob Chase, who has never done anything aside from a short film entitled larry back in 2017 oh, so that makes sense so we got a feature does make a lot of sense kind of a lights out type deal here where uh yeah the director david f sandberg yes sir which makes sense i could see how this was a little spooky kind of you know short film and then they were like damn all right this could be kind of spooky let's get julian jacobs in on this shit i don't know if that was his uh his thought he's like oh my god if only julian jacobs could be in this movie I'll do it for a fucking chump change, and he did it. Um, I doubt it. I just, I, I'm sure investors saw his short film and they're like, "Oh, uh, can you make this a feature? Well, uh, we'll get you, we'll get you a big name." And then he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> he's like, "Oh yeah, we spent all the money on Larry. Uh, we can get Jillian Jacobs. Well, she's oh. like a great actress. Well, I mean, she's, <laughs> I like she's, her, she's a good dude. actress. She's she's just yeah, not, exactly. She's not I like proven her. or anything. She's just been in like smaller Judd Apatow bullshit, you know." She's yeah, fine. exactly. I think she's, she's adorable. Yeah, she's good. I love her. I would love to have a coffee with her at like a Starbucks. Sure. The one thing about this movie, though, with her in it, I don't see her really in the horror genre. And that I don't. could just be uh, her past roles, as in she's very much just like the quirky she's so girl quirky. next door. Like, exactly. Like, oh my God. I just, like, I'm quirky. You Look could replace her with Zoe Deschanel <laughs> and it would be the same fucking movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But regardless, I mean, I just don't really. See I, I couldn't buy her as this mother in the horror genre. Was but it she me, was... or did it seem like she did not give a fuck about this kid until the very end? Yeah. Like she was but I think trying that was part to of her care. character. I think that was part of the character. I was, I, I don't know. I think maybe just I was, because this movie, the the boy reminded me of the kid in The Babadook. Well, and the again, whole movie looked... is reminiscent of The Babadook a little bit. Yeah. In a way. It's but like, like a... the kid even looked like the child actor from The Babadook, which was crazy too. Um, it, yes, and and with that movie, it was so believable. I think because of the casting of the mother. I mean, she, the, I forget the actress that played her, but she was so good in that movie, and it was just it was so believable. This one, it did feel like a Babadook kind of like play. Like I don't know, like uh, I don't know, not, maybe like Babadook inspired or something. It just didn't work as well as I was hoping. For the first maybe 30, 45 minutes or so, I thought it was kind of silly when they're they're kind of resorting to doing the scary stuff through iPhones and tablets, and there's this kind of silly, cheesy story to go along with it, and the, the parents are kind of swiping through it and getting creeped out. But I think this film does take a turn for the better and gets scarier when they actually sort of have the kids go about it. Uh, like the scene when they actually have the the four kids kind of over for a sleepover, and they kind of experience yeah, Larry for the first time. The story. That was like genuinely spooky, and yeah, they go for the like the typical like the lights are going out and the light bulbs are, are are flashing and whatnot. But 
I think overall Larry was kind of a spooky little demon creature. I mean, I, I liked his design. It was definitely interesting, just like the very tall, lanky, um, like a slender very, man type deal. You know? Yeah, like very hunched over. Um, it, it was unique. I mean, it, it looked kind of cool, and he was very like malleable. Like he could like fit under these like crevices of like right. the door and stuff, and like and like he fit into like the bed frame, and it just became like so much bigger. It was so weird, and I did like that whole aspect of his uh, character design. What about um, how they? His- how they, they kind of did like uh, where you could only see him on tablets or computer screens or whatever. Yeah, you think that was and stupid? Like or... the, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, I think you've seen other movies do that before. I think there's a movie in particular called Shutter. It's like anytime the guy takes a picture, like the girl appears or something, or like right. gets closer or something like that. So that's that concept has kind of been explored. And I was gonna ask, have you ever like? In the heyday of Snapchat, when they came out with all of like those like face filters, did a face ever get caught behind you? As in, like, like a, when you're having like that like filter on, and like one does appear behind you or something, or the, like the, in I, like some like random spot. I guess maybe I I, I don't know if you ever experienced that. I th- see, but the thing is, I I don't really use Snapchat that much, especially with friends because that's weird for guys. I think to do it's strange. Not if you do, that's really fine. Like I respect that because that there was a trend <laughs> when like that first came out. Like that was like. Was that a trend, a thing? basically? Yeah, like people I didn't would be like, like that why scene. is there a face I thought like that scene here? Was like it was fucking stupid in this movie. It was so silly. When they did it was that, so I'm like, hokey. This is really because that was like the first genuine scare when they were kind of introducing Larry. <laughs> He's in like, the, Hello. It's like, oh my god. I I just that was so stupid, dude. I didn't. It was. It's like they're gonna go for the Snapchat scare. That's dumb as fuck. The best uh, moments was I think in the third act when uh, Larry was just trying to get to them. Yeah. And uh out in the field i I thought that was a cool scene and yeah i think it definitely finds its footing later into the movie it's just kind of like is it a little too late though and i think that's what the audience maybe to think i don't know yeah i I could see why the audience would think that um but i I think the movie was clever enough to make itself at least somewhat exciting and it, it wasn't just like laughable scare the entire time because i was i was genuinely creeped out a little bit by larry as just the visual representation of him was creepy and how he kind of, uh, I guess you could say that when he was like, the, the cars would flash and the lights would go off. That was kind of, it's been done before. It was kind of stupid. But I think the scene with the with the laser pointer was pretty creepy. Oh, it was actually, getting closer. Yeah, that was kind of spooky. But they yeah. did it a little too long. Or I was like, okay, this is getting kind of stupid. But I think it, it, it rides a fine line between stupid and actually kind of impressively scary. Yeah, um. and I don't know. There was a few, I think, missed opportunities when it came to those scares because it was the setup was always there. Like it always worked or seemed to be working really well. Like they were building the tension pretty well. Like that laser pointer scene in particular has like it's like counting down. It's getting closer and closer, and like he keeps looking up, nothing's there. Looking back, closer and closer. Looking up, nothing's there. He was never there. And whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And like, but like the scare was like he just like did like a little like rubber hand thing that like yeah. flung to like a invisible thing stuck like that was uh, that was it it could have been so much scarier if they really committed to the whole absolutely bit or like what they were setting up uh, and that's what i think this movie struggled with the most was the tension was always good it was building up but the punch was just not there it wasn't effective enough right and i think when it came to the end when they do go for that kind of emotional attachment like how so the the kid has autism and the mother is struggling because he connects more with the father uh by the way the father the dad actor was fucking terrible um 
but with Jillian Gallagher J- Jr. Yeah, he I hated his character. He was so just over the top and stupid, and it was one of the dumb, the typical dumb dad in these horror movies who just doesn't believe anything that's going on. And then oh yeah, yeah. he just stands up. You know what you need is a good night's rest. I was like, I hate you. But <laughs> aside from that, I I think the 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 connection between the mom where she just wants her son to like look at her in the eyes, and that's kind of what the story ends up leading to. I just don't think yeah. there was enough emotion built up between them oh. as characters to warrant that final scene with her kind of being encompassed by Larry. Uh, the emotion would have worked so much better in that scene when he's about to take the, the hand in the woods and then all of a sudden she reaches in and grabs the hand and then she's like, no, I like take me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we both want to protect him, blah, blah. And then he had, because they, he had never looked her in the eyes, right? He, yeah, right. And so there was a scene when uh, she was holding the, uh, Larry's hand and then she was looking at the kid mm-hmm. and the kid was like slowly looking up at her um, and I was expecting it to cut and then she was gone. And I think that would have been so impactful and emotional because he never got to like see his mom like, um, like eye to eye. And instead they went back and forth of them looking at each other and then they did like, the cliche, her face turned into like the creature and then just whipped you think away. it would have been better if they kind of left it up for interpretation for the emotional impact of like the kid never getting to look his mom in the eyes and yet she like sacrificed her life for him right that would be so impactful and be like holy shit but yet they had like three scenes where they like look back at each other back and forth and then and she, that's like, why i like think the... that moment wasn't warranted is because they, they did that and there just wasn't enough lead up like they had one scare. And, and the reason why he was mad at her was fucking stupid why oh he's like she just told this other mom that he didn't want to be friends with this other kid like that was it that was the only reason he had issues with his mother that was it yeah. and i was like that's it that is just so stupid like you you couldn't have thought of anything more impactful than that that's it's such a write-off that means nothing to me yeah, uh, but that's where the movie falters is, is I mean, among other things, but the emotional impact and the actual connections between the characters was not good enough to really save this movie from from what it is. So it was still fine, though. I mean, I was still it's it's an hour and a half. It, I was entertained. It was it wasn't scary, but I was interested to see like the whole like mythology of Larry and seeing what was going to happen with that. I thought that was interesting. The um having like with the kid having autism that added like, a good little something different that you wouldn't see in types of movies like how he was communicating with the phone mm-hmm. and how that's kind of how he had to use the phone in order to even like see Larry and like he couldn't communicate like that added that whole like kind of extra tension to uh, the plot when like he was trying to ask for help and it was pretty in- I mean it was interesting but it just I don't know it wasn't I think it could have been executed it's not better. something I'm gonna remember yeah. It is something that, like, I, I it was kind of in the back of my mind, just the image of Lair, I guess. Not the fact that I think I'm going to look at my phone and see this story or anything, but I think that just the the overall atmosphere they made around him was well done, and that's obviously, from the short film, and that's pretty much what it was based around. And then they just tried to create this story around him that didn't really work, so. I don't know, It's it's kind of been proven that short films are usually better that way <laughs> and not yeah. really great if they're expanded on into a feature. Uh, they've, they've tried it in the past, um, but... I feel like there's a lot of movies know. where I'm like, this would have been better as a short film. <laughs> or, and that's true as yeah, well, yeah. So I'm going to give this one a two and a half out of five. 
because I still enjoyed it, but I don't think it makes it to fresh for me. I think I'm going to let it get to fresh. I think I had enough. I had a good time with it. It, it surprised me enough to the point that I was I was surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. But, you know, it, it's got it's definitely got some issues. So I would go three out of five with this one. Uh, Jillian Jacobs, you know, she's making it through. She's making it through the pandemic with a few few films out here. So good for her. Get that paycheck, girl. <laughs> I'm sure they shot these way before the pandemic. I'm sure this was shot in like 2014. That is uh, that's it for this week on Mainstream Boy. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, Spencer, do you know of anything coming up that we could be discussing in the future here? Yeah, we don't know what's coming out next week, but there is a Instagram page that we have been following over the last several months that I believe is also following us, Cinewatch. Uh, these guys are literally better than Variety or Hollywood Reporter. They have their posts. Oh, they just posted another one about Jordan Peele's next horror film coming out in 2022. I wouldn't have known that otherwise, so thank you guys. But I would definitely check them out <laughs> if you uh, if... don't steal their exclusive. Holy shit! Well, I'm wow. I'm saying it was them. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know where I don't know what their sources are, but they are they are on the ball with this shit pretty much. Uh, the moment that this information comes out, I know it because I follow them. So C I N E Watch W A T C H on Instagram. I would definitely check them out. Also, these guys seem to pretty much post what's coming out every single week on streaming services or uh, in theaters in general. But they'll post like this entire thing that's like this is coming out on Netflix as the what season of what TV show it is or whatever and what day it's coming out. And pretty much the most useful app or useful page I've found so far on this type of thing. So if you're looking for that type of information, need a need a new show to binge, I'd uh, highly recommend these guys. Yeah, I think uh, they started following us back in the summer, and then we started following them, and yeah, that's how we've been getting all of our content of like what's coming out to all the different streaming sites, because you try to Google what's coming out, and especially in the pandemic, you can't find answers, because it's all like, oh, here's what's coming out in limited theaters, where yeah. good luck finding a theater, uh, so like, you can maybe check it out, but... It's hard to find like what movies are coming out on like Hulu and Netflix and HBO Max every single week because like Netflix has been dropping original movies on Wednesdays. Uh, I think there's like a couple ones coming out on like Tuesdays and stuff. So it makes no sense. It's all over the place. They're not just like the typical Fridays anymore. Um, but CineWatch is literally all over it. They I actually what's coming out. So I'm looking at one of their posts right now. And November 13th on Friday, we do have a new movie with Forrest Whitaker on Netflix oh, called fun. Jingle Jangle: A Christmas Journey. It's too early to talk about Christmas. So we'll be talking about that next week. Looking forward to that. No, Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank it's too early to talk about Christmas. Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. But yeah, thanks again for listening. Make sure to look out for those movie dudes next episode coming out next week. We just posted one. It was a few days late, but highly recommend checking it out. We have a good discussion talking about a Fisher King, a Lestrada, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And this week we're watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Uh, There's no question mark. If Steve's a zoo. Yes, there is. Oh, oh, wow. It's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's a question. (laughs) That is. That is. I guess that is a question. Yeah. Okay. And then we're watching. uh, What was Nate's film that one? It Uh, was. uh, The Red Shoes. I don't fucking know, dude. After Hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm fucking excited for that one. Yeah. It's a Martin Scorsese film. And The Um, Life Aquatic, Wes Anderson. Actually, all the picks that I wanted to win won, so I'm pretty happy because it was the opposite last week. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that episode will come out at the end of this week. So, yeah, stay tuned. 
Fantastic. Uh, Spencer, anything else you want to recommend before we part ways for the evening? Movies, nope, TV just shows? listen to those movie news podcasts uh, on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. I fucking Toodles. hate you. are not supposed to talk about Stitcher on this fucking segment. Uh, yeah, if you're on Stitcher, I appreciate you. We'll have a coffee someday. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Once again, I am Mainstream Boy, and we'll see you next week. Toodles. Thanks for listening to Mainstream Boy. Make sure to head over to our Instagram and follow us if you haven't already. We're trying to get to 500 followers by the end of 2020, so if you enjoy the show, tell a friend, or at least leave a scathing review on your preferred podcast platform. Stay safe during this upcoming holiday season, and as always, wash those fucking hands.